Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 11th of March. Australian health authorities have issued a new warning about a dangerous new strain of COVID. It comes two years to the day since the World Health Organisation first declared COVID-19 a pandemic. There's been a major spike in new COVID infections in New South Wales. Cases have doubled in less than a week, with the state yesterday recording 16,000 new cases. It's believed a majority of the new infections are a sub-variant of Omicron called BA2, with the New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard warning cases could double again in a few weeks. It's concerning, but the big message is people need to understand While the community might have gone to sleep on the virus, the virus hasn't gone to sleep on the community. The virus is still out there. It's believed the new variant is more contagious but doesn't look more severe at this stage. Meantime, Western Australia has recorded a major increase in new COVID cases with the state recording 4,535 new cases yesterday with 80 people now in hospital with COVID. To the latest in Ukraine now, and international leaders are warning Russia may soon deploy chemical weapons. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has spoken overnight, saying the UK will continue to tighten its grip on Russia. The stuff that you're hearing about chemical weapons, this is straight out of their playbook. They start saying that uh, there are chemical weapons uh, that uh, have been stored by uh, their opponents or by the Americans. And so when they themselves deploy uh, chemical weapons, as I as I fear they they may, I I just note that that is what they're they're already doing. It, it is a cynical, uh, barbaric government, I'm afraid. It comes after more peace talks in Turkey that failed to see a ceasefire. The discussions come just a day after Russian forces bombed a maternity and children's hospital in Maripol. Meantime, Russian President Vladimir Putin says the West is trying to blame Russia for its own mistakes regarding the US ban on Russian oil. The prices are high. The inflation is unprecedentedly high. The results of their own mistakes, they are trying to blame on us. They are just covering up their decisions in order to deceive their own population. That translation thanks to Sky News UK. And as thousands of Ukrainians continue to flee, many are now dying trying to cross the border after long delays and sub-zero temperatures. Arek Zalata is a volunteer working on the border and has told the ABC the situation is dire. There is a lot of hypothermia. They are freezing and uh, they, they, they didn't eat for a few days. To today's other news, and Prime Minister Scott Morrison has visited flood-devastated southeast Queensland, promising more support. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has welcomed the move for more ADF troops, but says more should have been done earlier when the record-breaking floods hit. And uh, look, the Prime Minister being very good there, where he has said that any assistance we need with the Defence Force uh, we can utilise, and uh, that's exactly what's being happened. So. The time for that national emergency was probably a week ago. So we've actually gone past that. The the floodwaters have gone down. They've subsided. And as I said, those disaster declarations will be lifted on Sunday. 
And as the massive cleanup continues across southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales, a new campaign has been launched to help locals find places to stay. Lismore Mayor Chris Cherry has made an impassioned plea to anyone with a holiday rental in her area to consider making them available for people who have lost everything to stay in. It's always the way that a flood will take out the houses in those kind of really lower socioeconomic areas, those areas where people are already very vulnerable. And um, and so then if you're ta- making a whole lot of those homes uninhabitable, then suddenly you've got a whole lot of people that don't have anywhere to live. And heartbreaking scenes in Melbourne as cricket legend Shane Warne's body arrived home. A private jet carrying the 52-year-old's casket touched down last night with family and supporters waiting at the airport. It's good to see the plane come in knowing he's on home soil where he belongs. So, yeah, 100%. rest in peace, Shane. Warren's public memorial will be held at the MCG on the 30th of March. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To Victoria first, and tributes are flowing this morning for Kimberly Kitching after her sudden death. Reporter James Lake is in Melbourne and says it's believed the Labor senator suffered a heart attack while driving. That's what we've heard, Tash. The 52-year-old was driving between meetings and had to pull over to the side of the road at Strathmore when she wasn't feeling quite right. She phoned her husband straight away, but by the time help had arrived, she couldn't be resuscitated. Labor leader Anthony Albanese says the party is in shock now, and our Prime Minister Scott Morrison says he's deeply saddened at the news. To South Australia now, and it's the latest state in the country to announce its COVID restrictions are being eased despite a spike in new cases. Our reporter James Royce explains the move has been welcomed by the local hospitality industry. They certainly have tasks from tomorrow morning and for the first time in close to two years, density limits will be a thing of the past for pubs, clubs and bars across South Australia, while singing and dancing are also allowed again. Ian Horn from the Hoteliers Association says the timing's great as well, given that Adelaide is heading into a long weekend. It brings us up to level with all other states and territories where we arguably should have been some weeks ago, but we're there now and that's great. Other changes include reducing the isolation for some co- COVID patients from 10 days back to seven. Mask rules and close contact isolation periods will be discussed next week by the COVID Ready Committee. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canster. Effie, good morning. Now, as claims continue to come in from many areas of flood-devastated southeast Queensland and many parts of New South Wales, it sparked concerns and conversations about exactly what you're covered for with floods and what a huge rebuild challenge many residents are facing. Yeah, look, and this is what people are finding out now. So numbers have hit, claim numbers have hit over 118,000. The total bill is expected to hit now, Tash, about $3 billion. And when it does come to insurance policies, I think one of the biggest grievances consumers have is that they just don't understand what are they covered for, what are they not. And it was a big problem, if you remember back in the 2011 floods, when it revealed that um, a lot of the policies back then only covered flash flood. And that is that's resulting directly from rain falling in the vicinity. But it didn't cover flood from a rise in uh, in river levels caused by the rain um, or elsewhere, like in a catchment or a dam. 
And that was a, a big gripe. Now, thankfully, a lot of these policies have changed. Coverage is a little better. So I took a look at CanStar's data and found nearly 70% of home and contents insurance policies include standard cover for flooding. For flooding. Um, the other 30%, it's optional. An additional 100% of policies include cover for damage caused by rainwater. However, when it comes to damage due to storm surge, was only a quarter that was actually covered there. Now, of course, Tash, you know, you know this, these numbers mean nothing if you live in flood-prone areas and you're unable to afford the correct insurance policy or worse still, you can't find someone to cover you. And as you mentioned, the rebuild here, the, the, it's not, it's not going to be cheap. We already know that we've got uh, labour shortages. It's hard getting a tradie. And we know that uh, the price of timber, steel and concrete have all gone up. So it's going to cost a lot more to build today and as many as 5,000 homes have been um, uh, announced uninhibitable. So look, uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a case that maybe the insurance policy, if you've got it, it's not going to be able to cover the complete rebuild. So it's a case of underinsurance. Thanks so much, Effie. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you too. For sport now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. No premiership hangover for the Panthers kicking off the new NRL season in absolute style last night against Manly. Good morning, Tash. Yeah, no Nathan Cleary, no worries for Penrith last night. They were just simply too good for uh, for Manly, who struggled to complete their sets. I heard from Desi Hasler after the game, and uh, that was his biggest takeaway from the game and said they also dropped away with their effort in the second half as well. But for the winning side, Jerome Luai, Sean O'Sullivan, Sean in the halves without Cleary, as we mentioned, Appy Corusau was also great. Dylan Edwards uh, chewed up a heap of metres at fullback. So they had a number of strong contributors, and Coach Ivan Cleary says it was almost most the perfect performance. Probably missed one minute, the one just before half time. Other than that, I thought we were, yeah, pretty much did just what we wanted to. Well, he's a tough judge, older Ivan. Round one continues tonight. The Broncos begin their season at home to South Sydney. Before that, the Raiders host the Sharks. And to the AFL now, Bretton, a vaccine standoff with an Eagles star is over. Jack Darling, one of the last, I think the last AFL player left who was hesitant to get a COVID vaccine. Well, he's finally been jabbed. Now, it's unclear what COVID vaccine he's had or if he's had his first or now his second jab, of course, under AFL rules. Players must be double vaxxed. He hasn't been able to train with the club for months. So even though he's free to return to training this weekend and should be available for round one, whether or not the Eagles are able to pick him, uh, we'll have to wait and see just how fit he's kept training at home. They play the Suns in round one. And Brett, a Russian billionaire's plans to sell Premier League giants Chelsea has been suspended. This is an interesting development after the UK government announced new sanctions. Yeah, big story coming out of the UK, Tash. Roman Abramovich is a Russian billionaire. Now, before the UK announced these sanctions overnight, he was already well ahead in his plans to try and sell Chelsea, had even declared that he would donate all of his profits uh, to victims of war. But so the UK government is stepping in and freezing all of his assets, including Chelsea, which means he can't not only sell the club, but actually sell tickets to their matches so he can't profit uh, off a, an EPL side that he turned into an absolute giant when he took over about a decade and a half ago. So one to watch in the UK. Certainly will be. Brett, thank you. 
Here's a feel-good Friday story for you. A graduate nurse is being hailed a hero after saving the life of a toddler who suffered a seizure in a suburban street in Brisbane. Nicholas Jensen was a stonemason for 20 years before chasing his dream of becoming a nurse. He was walking down the street after finishing a shift when he found a mum screaming for help after her two-year-old daughter suffered a seizure. Nicholas telling Channel 7 he was in the right place at the right time and grabbed the toddler, then rushing her and her mum to the hospital emergency department. In the moment, the adrenaline kicked in and I was quite calm. It felt good because, yeah, you're helping people. So that's why I got into nursing. Great effort. And the little girl is now recovering well in hospital. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a safe and lovely weekend. And we'll see you Monday. Listener.